0: you for this special moment that we have with you, Lord, to sit before your feet and worship you, to fellowship together, God, and and now to get into your word. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us through your word, that you help us learn, God, what your word is saying. And as Pastor Stephen just said, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, unblock our deaf ears. May we hear your voice through the the words that are right in front of us, God, and may they come into our hearts, into our lives, and transform us and impact us forever. And so, Lord, we ask for your touch upon us right now, your Holy Spirit to move and anoint, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, do you have a hard time sticking to your exercise program? Well, if you do, I came across couple apps here three of them that can help you actually press on and keep doing that exercise there's this phone app called super hero workout now it's not what like you think from the title this app is actually a combination of a game or audiobook and a fitness tracker all in one and so here's what it is it's like the story you're in the story you are protecting earth against invasion of aliens through the use of un- a unique mechanical battle suit, in order to save humanity, you must complete various exercises in order to activate weapons, shields, and other abilities. How you like that one? Yeah, but I don't know if, if it's going to be that fun because I don't like doing sit-ups or stuff like that. So I don't know if it'll really make it that fun. Yeah, there's another app, another phone app called Nexercise. This app tracks all your movement, exercising, and then it rewards you with points, and you can build up points, and you can exchange them for gift cards to stores. So you can also compete with friends and coworkers and all that. So maybe that that allure, that that desire to go shopping, yeah, will really motivate you to press on and exercise. Well, one more. There's a phone app called Zombie Run. <laughs> In this app, it's like the other one. It's a game, audio book, fitness tracker, all that. You are runner number five, a survivor of a zombie ap- cop- apocalypse on mission to gather intel and supplies. There are some zombie chase sequences that you get into, and they force you like to run faster for a certain period of time. They actually say, the writers of this uh, uh, app, they say it has users actually looking forward to running. Can, can you imagine that? Like you're down Pukalani Park and you're going running around, yeah? And then so all of a sudden you, you, just, you just take off running and someone stops you go, hey, why did you suddenly take off running so fast? And you tell them, I'm being chased by zombies. No. <laughs> well, as we return to our study in the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul reveals on how he keeps going through much hardship and how he doesn't give up. Pressing on. So the title of our message here today is How to Press On. How to Press On. That's the title of our message. We're going to be studying 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 16 through 18. We're going to finish up this chapter. We stopped at 17 last time as we're making our way through this book, and now we're at verse 15, and now we're at 16. Our outline today is this. Number one, the inward reality number 2 the eternal reality and number 3 the spiritual reality so let's begin here number 1 in our outline the inward reality number 1 the inward reality how to press on number 1 is to keep in mind the inward reality 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 take a look with take a look with me on this verse it says therefore We do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Well, we'll stop there, and we begin with Paul writing this one word, therefore. And that word, therefore, connects us to everything actually we studied in chapter 4. Now, in the first part, if you remember, if you're with us, in the first part of this chapter, Paul wrote how salvation comes, and, and peop- uh, God uses people to bring salvation to other people by the power of God. It's not the vessel. And remember the title of our message, if you miss it, you can grab the CDs here. The title was Treasures in Jars of Clay. We are earthen vessels and Jesus in the gospel is that power, is that treasure within us. It's nothing of us. So Treasures in Jars of Clay. Then, Last time, in our second message in chapter 4, Paul shared how it's the same power that, that God we find in salvation. It's that same power that Paul has found that helps him through those times of hardship and suffering. God is the one who made Paul. Remember our title last week? Invincible. Invincible. And again, you can grab the CD if you missed that missed that message. And here now, as we go on to finish this chapter, he shares really his secret, so to speak, on how he keeps going on, on how he doesn't give up, on how to press on. Thus, our title and our theme for our message today. So, Paul writes, therefore, or like since God is powerfully at work in all of this that he just talked about, you know what he says, therefore we do not lose heart right there in the first part of verse 16 the New Living Translation renders it that's why we never give up I like that Paul is saying look I'm not going to give up I'm going to keep pressing on I will not give in to any fear or discouragement or any suffering that goes on I'm not going to lose heart in this mission that God has given me now have you noticed If you're with us, Paul started out this chapter with the very same words. Look up at verse 1, 2 Corinthians 4.1. He says, we do not lose heart. And then after all that he says, he comes here in verse 14 and like bookends, he says the same thing. We do not lose heart. Well, how does he do it? How does he keep from giving up? Well, of course, all the things that we've studied in this chapter... But now he's going to add in this. He realizes, and here in verse 16, he says, even though our outward man is perishing. The outward man is our physical body. Perishing, that actually means in original language, to decay or to break down. And we understand that, don't we? That eventually our bodies are going to break down and die. And as I get older, I really understand what break down means. I'm breaking down. Well, Paul's body was, listen, not only getting older and feeling that, but the the hardships and and the suffering for preaching the gospel was taking a toll on him physically. That's what he's wrapping all of this together: just getting older, a physical body, decay, breaking down. But remember, he he goes through so much. Now, remember, in the book of Acts, we find that Paul went through. For his faith, I mean, just listen here. Just, this is just the book of Acts. In Acts 16, in the city of Philippi, Paul and Silas were severely beaten with rods. Why? Because they're sharing the gospel. In Acts 21, he was in Jerusalem, and Paul was beaten by a mob. In Acts 14, in, in Lystra, Paul was stoned now, and they thought he was dead, dragged him out of the city and left them there thinking he was dead. And you know what the crazy thing was? Is then all of a sudden he, he revived, he woke up, and he went back into the city to witness Jesus. Crazy, this guy. This is just some of what Paul went through. And so you can imagine all the abuse, all the beatings, everything that he went through. Truly, his body was breaking down. So understand when he says, hey, even though our outward man is perishing, it is perishing, it's, it's breaking out, it's the king. Yet. Goes on here in verse sixteen, the inward man is being renewed day by day. In contrast to this outward physical body, the inward man—what is that? That's the soul of the believer. It's this new creation that we are. Second Corinthians five seventeen. When we come to Jesus in Jesus, He makes us into new creation, a new person. That's what I just talking about—that person inside, that new person in salvation. Well, this inward inward man is being renewed. That means, the word renew means to make new or to remake. The idea is this. The new you that's in salvation is being strengthened, is being refreshed, and growing in spiritual maturity. And I like how he adds here at the end of verse 16, day by day. Every day, God is reviving. God is growing you. God is strengthening you. God is renewing you. God is remaking you. And I love that. I love that thought because I don't want to stay the same. So, as Paul's outside body was growing weaker, the inner new creation person was growing stronger and stronger. And that's the inward reality that Paul has us put our mind upon. Frank Gabriel in his commentary said this, matching the progressive weakening of his physical powers was the daily renewal of his spiritual powers. I like that. It, match for match. You know, as his, his physical powers were going, hey, you know what? His spiritual powers were growing. And it's what Paul said in Ephesians 3.16, in the last part of the verse, he says, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. All right, so... How do you press on here? What's Paul saying? Well, here's our point. Paul's saying this. Focus on the inside renewal, not the outside deterioration. Focus on the inside renewal, not the outside deterioration. Some of you remember our our previous youth pastor, Danny Cardozo. Before his family moved to Wisconsin, I don't know if you remember, I was thinking about his old truck that he had. I forget what year that was? Um, Fifty something, you know. I don't know if you remember his old old truck used to drive in and everything. And I remember uh, he had a little little rubber chicken on the back and all this stuff too. But I don't know if you guys remember that. Just that—that's that's Danny, our youth leader, right? Now, <coughs> the original owner had fixed it up, put, you know, did all new motor, all the insides, everything like that. But kept the outside old and like rusty looking, and even the wheels looked like basic stock wheels but the thing was fast and he could peel out of it because of the engine and the internals that was inside there now at first I thought well I would actually my preference would like it shinier you know <laughs> I would like it a little nicer looking and all that but then it, you know Danny was like oh this is so great this is so cool and you know Danny he's kind of infectious with his, his enthusiasm and go oh yeah okay that that is sort of this kind of undercover cool you know kind of a sleeper, like, oh, it looks like some junk truck, but then, oh, I'll try, go next to it and, you know, race, oh, he's going to lose, you know, that kind of thing. Hey, that's us, yeah? In a similar way, Paul's saying, though he's all bust up on the outside, right? He was souped up on the inside, yeah? No one can beat him. No one can take him down. Why? Because the strength of Jesus was in him. You see, Paul was not looking on the outside. Paul wasn't looking out how his, how his body's fire falling apart, and as he's been all beaten and all of that, he didn't look at the hardship that was causing all this, but he actually looked at how God is working in his life to strengthen him, to grow him. And if we look back in the last two weeks that we we're in this chapter, think about all that we learned, the strengthening, the growing, the learning, the wisdom, See, experience God in our lives. No wonder Paul goes, you know what, the outward man's person, but hey, I'm focusing on, on the inside. So how do you press on? Well, focus on the inside renewal, not the outside deterioration. What's your focus today? As you walked in here to church, what's your focus? I don't know about you, but I tend to, my first reaction is to look at the bad, right? You look at the the bad stuff or the things that are causing you pain and suffering and, and your emotions get going even and you're looking at that and you take your eyes off of God you do that too? Am I the only one? We all do that, right? We all do that. Paul is saying, hey, don't focus on that. Focus on the inside renewal, not the outside deterioration. Don't get caught up on what's happening like to your body and all this stuff and the, the outside influences and things and pressures. Don't be blind to God's work on the inside, the inward I came across uh, this man named Robertson McQuilkin. He was the president of Columbia International University. It was a Bible college in South Carolina. Uh, Once he was driving an elderly friend on an errand, and she was at the place in her life where she moved slowly, painfully, being crippled with arthritis. Robertson, she asked as they drove along, why does God let us get old and weak? Why must I hurt so? I'm not sure, Robertson replied, but I have a theory. Well, what is it? He said, I think God has planned, and I like this, the strength and beauty of youth to be physical, but the strength and beauty of age is spiritual. I like that. huh? Then he said, we gradually lose the strength and beauty that is temporary, so we'll be sure to concentrate on the strength and beauty, which is forever. Beautiful, yeah? That's it, you guys. Paul's saying, hey, think about what's going on inside. The work that's going on, that's eternal. And he's going to mention that in, in the next part. But that's what's going to last. That's what's, what's important here, not the outside deterioration. Well said, Robertson McQuilkin. And Paul, like Paul, he saw every. Difficult beyond the outward part to be an opportunity grow, to grow and mature spiritually on the inward. That's the inward reality. Well, let's move on here to number two, the eternal reality. We've seen now, uh, number one, the inward reality and how to press on, keep your eyes on, focus on that. And also, he goes on here in the next verse, the eternal, eternal reality. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 17, it says here, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, Paul goes on here to say that these like present sufferings, and notice what he, he says here. He calls his present sufferings our light affliction. And that light affliction only lasts for a moment, which means just a brief amount of time. Now, at first reading of this, at least for me, I was like, what, Paul? I mean, what are you talking about? Up to the time of this letter, he's been a Christian for about 20 years. And practically most of the whole time of being a Christian, it hasn't been easy for him. How could you say light affliction? How could you say that? Let me me show you a little picture of what he went through. Turn to the right. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. later, when we get to that chapter, we'll get into depth uh, in our study on this. But for now, we'll just kind of get a touch and a little slice of a picture of what he's been through. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Look at verse 24, beginning there. He writes, Second Corinthians eleven twenty four, from the Jews five times I received forty strikes minus one. So the Jews they would hold back one 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 less lashing. But in the law you're supposed to give these lashings, and because if you gave too much, uh, you might die. And you take one back for mercy and grace. So think, five times he got 39, 39 lashings, thirty nine sets, scourgings basically. Then verse 25, he says, three times I was beaten with rods. Whoa, Paul, with a rod. Think about getting beaten with, like, baseball bat, right? He says, once I was stoned. Well, I mentioned to you about that. Three times, he says, I was shipwrecked. A night and day I've been in the deep. In, the, in other words, a, a, a night and day he was floating around in the ocean, probably just hanging onto some driftwood. Verse 26, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils or dangers of my own countrymen, in di- perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. And as we've been studying and talking about even in First Corinthians, the false teachers were on Paul and after Paul and always criticizing him and, and, and trying to take him down. He was attacked spiritually. He's not done. Verse 27 here, chapter 11. In weariness and toil, in sleepness, sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, and fastings often. In other words, many times he went without food. He was hungry. In cold and nakedness, like not having enough clothes to even keep himself warm. And then verse 28. Besides the other things, notice he's saying, on top of all that, right? Physical things, on top of that. He says, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Like he carried this heavy, deep burden for the churches, all the churches he'd been in touch with, all the churches that that he had started. Isn't this crazy? This is Paul now. Paul calls the 20 years of suffering, hardship, attacks, spiritual warfare, oh, it's just a light and momentary affliction. Crazy. Crazy. You know how like if you go through something and, and maybe it's just just a few days, but doesn't it feel like one month, yeah? When you really go through something? And when you're having a lot of fun, you know, just an hour. Oh, that's like a minute. I know, sometimes you guys think, oh, this sermon is long. <laughs> I'm just joking. The thing about Paul, yeah? Light and momentary affliction, what? David goes made a comment about Paul, he said Paul didn't write as a kidna- kindergartner in the school of suffering, he had an advanced graduate degree right, that's right Yeah. I would say that our afflictions, our ones that we go through now are, are the light ones, right? not what Paul went through, We're, we have the light afflictions compared to all that Paul went through so how can he call the suffering light by comparing today's hardships with tomorrow's glory. That's how. That's what he says as he goes on here. Look at verse 17. Getting back to Second Corinthians chapter 4 now. Verse 17. He says that, hey, this light and momentary affliction is working. What? Working means to bring about or produce. Working what? Producing what? A far more exceeding. Now, that's an interesting phrase. It means... It basically, it means out of proportion. It means beyond comparison. In other words, you know what I'm going to is is nothing compared to what this eternal. Now, when he says eternal here, eternal weight of glory. When he says eternal, that's he brings about the idea of the time frame. Yeah, it's forever, and it's this eternal weight. Weight. What does it mean a heavy mass? So it says heavy mass of what? Glory. What's he talking about? This life in heaven with the Lord God. This life in glory. This life in heaven. So the idea here, Paul is saying, is the future glory with Jesus far outweighs all the suffering in this present world. And that, you guys, is the eternal reality. It's what we need to keep in our minds and in our sights. The eternal reality. Now, as Paul is talking about this weight and how it far outweighs his light, the momentary, and he calls it light because he's comparing it to a tomorrow's glory. Well, when he paints this picture, the Corinthian believers would probably have in their mind, uh, back then, what the merchants would use to do their business. And they would have one of those balanced scales. You know what I'm talking about. You know, the, the arm. And chain and the two, you know, plates or cups, and, you, you know, you, you, you would put a weight here and your product there, and you can, that's how you sell things, that's how you know how much something is worth and its value, but you know what I'm talking about, one of those balanced scales, right, so that would determine cost and value, so that's what Paul is talking about when he says weight of glory, so can you imagine Paul, Paul says, I'm putting this little pebble on one side of the scale, that's my light and momentary suffering here, right? One side of the balance, I'm putting this pebble. But then he brings this giant boulder, sticks it on the other side of the the scale, so it's like doing, you know, kind of thing, right? So he puts this giant boulder, and that represents eternal glory. So will the pebble tip the balance? No way. Not at all. If you take more pebbles and throw them on the balance, is it going to upset this giant boulder? Is is it going to be way too heavy for the boulder? No. That's what he's saying in comparison. Paul calls his, his intense, incredible hardships just like a, a little pebble compared to this giant boulder of glory to come. Matter of fact, in Romans eight eighteen, Paul says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed so, how do you press on here? How did Paul do this? What's he telling us in this verse? Well, this is our point here. Paul saying, focus on the future glory, not the present sufferings. Focus on the future glory and not the present sufferings. One day, all of this, you know, all this we're living through, all this we're suffering through, this broken, messed up world, uh, uh, just sin permeated all over, our own flesh we're fighting with, you know? Our own mistakes and failures and the consequences and all that pain and suffering. It's going to be gone one day, you guys. And it's just a momentary time. I mean, I look back and I think about how fast my life is going by as I get older, right? And it does really seem momentary. But you know, compared to glory forever, eternity, it's going to be like nothing, yeah? I always thought about this. It's like um, I got to go to the dentist. Oh, I hate the dentist, but you know, an hour in the chair isn't com- nothing compared to right a, a year without going again, right? That that's like the idea here, right? You know, the other day I went surf at um, Oluwalu, and I was thinking about this. How I don't know if you've been there. You know, Oluwalu, get the get that strip of rocks, yeah, round rocks like like river rock and stuff. Some big, small, and even some coral. To all, all, all rounded off, everything from the ocean, but it's not fun to walk on, yeah, it's all kind of like this and, and all that, but from where I park, to get into the water, you got to walk on those rocks, now, it may take me five to ten seconds to kind of walk over the rocks with my board real gingerly, you know, to step over this and make it to the water, but but it's usually, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, you know, I, I don't say it, but in my mind, it's, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, you know, kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> But once you get to the sand part and the water, you can just jump in, you're there. But for me, does that little strip stop me? Am I really focused on, oh, no, I cannot cross that. I like to surf, but no way, I'm not going to walk on that. Does that stop me? No, because I'm looking at, oh, look at that set coming through, yeah, kind of thing, right? So you want to go in there, and so you, you just go and whatever. But whew, you're in there. And that five seconds of pain and suffering doesn't stop me because that doesn't compare to the two and a half hours or so of being in the water and surfing the waves, right? That's the idea. Yeah? I mean, think two hours, I, I calculated it was 7,200 seconds, right, of surfing. That doesn't compare to like maybe five seconds of walking on the rocks. That's the same idea. We focus on the future glory, not the present sufferings. Paul's Tears never clouded his future sight of that glory ahead. That kept him going. That's how he pressed on. What are you guys looking at? You're looking at those little rocks. Yeah? Oh, no. Oh, no, God. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh, and you're flopping around. Oh, no. You know, all this. No. Don't let that cloud your vision, you know. Look up this morning, right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Yeah. And you know what? Heaven will come. We, we saying that, didn't we? Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and what? And the things of earth will, will grow strangely different. They'll just fade away in the light of his glory and grace. I love that. Paul is saying, focus on the future glory, not the present. So you guys here today, understand this life, the, our life here on earth is not all that there is. It's just a little pebble in time, you know, of our life. And and even the hardship and suffering, that, that, don't get me wrong, I understand it's huge. I understand it's hard. I understand the pain that we go through. I mean, I get my own too. But it will never compare. That little pebble compared to the giant boulder of glory. Matter of fact, I believe when we we, we we get into eternity and we're in heaven, we're going to go, what, 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 what was that? I went to, I mean, I thought it was so huge, but that was nothing. What a baby I am, you know, kind of thing, right? Right? No, look to the eternal reality right there. Remember this story? I mean, I've told this before, but I just thought uh, it, it just, it's just so good. It, it, it really brings our, our mind to this thought. Remember the story of the elderly woman who was like sick? She, uh, she was facing her death, and so she got together with her pastor and told her pastor how she wanted to be, uh, how the funeral was supposed to go, the memorial service, and how. And then she requested that she would be buried with her Bible and her fork a fork in the right hand. Remember that story? She had explained that in all the years of going to church and eating at potluck afterwards, that after the main meal and its plates were being cleared off the table, someone would always lean over and say, hey, hold on to your fork. Keep your fork, because the best part is coming. Dessert, right? So she told the pastor, when people ask about the fork in my hand, tell them it's to say the best is yet. That's it, guys. The best is yet to come. That's the eternal reality. Let's go on here to number three. Number three, our last heading here, the spiritual reality. The spiritual reality. We see number one, the inward reality. Number two, the eternal reality. And now how to press on? Number three, Paul's going to bring up the spiritual reality. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay, Paul's focus on the future glory is also while he does not look at the things which are seen. That's what helps him out. In other words, he's talking about this visible world all around us. But what he does is he looks at the things which are not seen. And he's talking about that invisible, to our eyes, spiritual world that's going on. That's why Paul goes on here in this verse 18 to say, For the things which are seen, they're really temporary. They're not going to last. This world This earth, what we see, it's not going to stay here forever. Everything's going to come to an end. You know why? Because this world belongs to time, right? And time is going to end sometime. But the things that are not seen are eternal. They're just going to go on. I mean, if you think about how eternity really is, there is no time because it just goes. It just is, right? There's no beginning, there's not, and it's nothing like that. It's outside of time, eternity, and that's kind of hard to conceive. But anyway, you could, you could think about that mm. later. The idea Paul saying about keep pressing on is that make sure, he's making sure his eyes are, are kept upon the spiritual reality of things, the spiritual reality. The temporary, there's the eternal. There's the visible, there's the invisible, that spiritual world. John MacArthur wrote, endurance comes as long as believers look in the right direction. Understand something here. In the Greek, the word look here, do not look, is the word scale pell. Scale pell. And it means to direct one's attention toward a thing, to have great interest in it. In no. order to obtain it, that's that kind of look. It's not just oh look, mm-hmm. it's a focus. It's like an intense focus, like oh, I'm going to get this. I want this. So Paul, when Paul says, "Do not look on the visible things," he saying, "Do not seriously put your attention on the temporal things of this world." You know, mm-hmm. don't think that this is it. Don't don't make that your main focus here, because it's not. going know, as it's temporary. But what are you supposed to do? We are supposed to not look at that. But you can say it in the way you wrote this verse. You are supposed to look, put your attention, put your focus, make the main thing on the eternal issues, on the spiritual world, this life we have in Jesus Christ, the priority of our relationship that we have with him, and, and even understand the battles, the spiritual warfare that we face every single day. And that's what the youth, that's what they talked about at their youth retreat. It was the armor of God. And it was bringing out that reality of the spiritual warfare and battles that are going on. And Satan, our enemy attacking. And how we defend ourselves. How we stand our ground. How we have offensive weapons like the sword, the word of God. All of that. That's the real world, you guys. That's what's really going on. What matters most was the things of God. The spiritual world is the World, Put that into your minds. A.W. Tozer would say, the invisible world described in the Bible is the only real world. I like that. So, how do you press on? Well, this is our last point. Paul says, focus on the invisible spiritual world and not the visible physical world. Focus on the invisible spiritual world and not the visible physical world. You know what that means? That that means like we make our choices and decisions. We make our priority, and 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 we are always mindful of those things of the eternal, the spiritual part. And when we make all decisions based on that, not not the physical world, not the visible world, not about you know yeah we do things in this world we live our life here, but you know what? Most important is the spiritual spiritual aspect of God and in our lives and who we are in Jesus Christ. I think about it. it it's like Moses. Remember Moses was um, in the Hall of Faith. That's Hebrews chapter 11. And, and, I, I, and, and in like verse 25, round up, uh, it says that Moses chose what to suffer affliction than to enjoy the pla- passing pleasures of sin. Interesting, right? And we're talking about Paul. He chose to preach the gospel to stand for his faith And he got a lot of suffering and hardship because of that. But he chose that rather than, oh, not say the gospel and enjoy the world. That's Moses. Moses did the same thing we see in Hebrews 11. And it also says in Hebrews 11, verse 27, it says, Moses, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He didn't care. Even the king was going to go after them. No. His focus was on the invisible spiritual world, not the visible physical world. And then it says in verse 27, Hebrews 11, For he, Moses, endured as seeing him who is invisible. That was Moses. That's why he's such a great prophet. And that's why he stood so strong for the Lord. And that's why he's an example for us. That's how Moses endured. That's how Moses excelled. And that's Paul's secret too, you guys. That's Paul's secret too. And as he's saying to us today, our point, focus on the invisible spiritual world and not the visible physical world. You see, you and I, we can press on. We can, you guys. You can. Sometimes we can be overwhelmed with the situations, the circumstances, the problems, the pressures. And we can be overwhelmed with all this. And we've been talking about this the past few weeks. But we've got to look past the physical, even the physical pain and suffering, and we got to be attentive to the spiritual reality going on before us. God wants us to see that. Do you see that? Are you seeing that? Are you seeing what we learn? Remember, we're only jars of clay with this treasure of Jesus powerfully working in us. That's how Paul is roping all of this in, is that power is working within us. It's God in us, not you. You don't have to do it on your own. It's not even your own power. It's God who strengthens you. And remember you were saying we don't suffer alone. We're not alone. God powerfully works in us, and, and he's doing that work so we die to ourselves. We saw that last time, right? So what? So that Christ can shine through us, so we can bear spiritual fruit, so we can grow in faith, so we can learn to give thanks even in the midst of hard times, we learn. Someone wrote this. Found in Christ, I will not falter. Faint or fail to do his will. Outwardly, I'm growing inward stronger still day by day his word renews me with the spirit's inner flow as I look at things eternal not at things below inward outward onward upward as I ask him to impart daily strength and hope eternal to my trusting heart beautiful well let me encourage you guys again today you and I we can make it through we can I know we can. we got to focus on the inside renewal and not the outside deterioration. we got to focus on the future glory and not the present suffering. we got to focus on the invisible spiritual world and not the visible physical world. we got to keep our focus on these things. It's been said that the victory of the British Army against the French forces in the Battle of Waterloo was not that Wellington's men were braver than Napoleon's soldiers, but that they focused five minutes longer. That made the difference between victory and defeat. Hold on, guys. Focus longer. Just a little longer. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'll close with this. something One of my favorite things Corey ten Boom used to say. She wrote, Look around and be distressed. Look inside and be depressed. Look at Jesus and be at rest. Love that. So keep the right focus, and then you'll find in every situation how to press on. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. And thank you for inspiring us and and helping us today, God, to do what you want us to do. Lord, this whole chapter has been amazing to help me through those times and even in my own failure and consequences of sin, Lord, you're still there. Your forgiveness is there and you're still working in my life and I pray right now for all of us here that no matter what that situation is, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's happening to you, no matter if people are hurting you or someone's doing something or it's just a financial situation, family situation, whatever that is, God, Lord, that Take away the fear. Take away the discouragement. Take away, God, this feeling of wanting to give up, Lord. And Lord, that you would come in with your peace and give us rest. That we would find security in who you are and what you do and what we're learning here, God. That we would focus in, Lord, on what you want us to do. What that that internal reality? The eternal reality. Internal, uh, eternal, and spiritual. Let us keep our eyes upon you. Help us right now, Lord. I pray for everyone here, each person that your spirit right now to touch them, fill them.